Welcome to Authentic Influence with host Anthony Chansamuth, the show where we get real and share the stories and struggles, strategies and tactics of successful influencers and entrepreneurs so that you too can take action to create the life and business that you choose. And now over to Anthony. All right. Hey, welcome to Authentic Influence Live. This is Anthony Chansamuth from Simple Creative Marketing. And uh, today we're going to talk about uh, the power of online courses and how do you actually uh, create value or valuable course that can actually help sell your knowledge um, and teach you know, the, your audience how to actually uh, do more of the good things that you do. Okay. And to do to really speak about this conversation, I wanted to bring in an expert um, who, who does this for, you know, all day, every day, who works with a bunch of clients. Um, and really what I really like about this particular um, guest is just the, the expansive experience that he's had in the world of education. Um, so let me just introduce uh, our guest for today. So Matthew Mason is the Chief Learning Architect at Superb Learning, uh, a digital learning agency. Uh, he's a multi-award winning learning designer with over 20 years experience designing and developing learning experiences and uh, his focus is, is on helping people leverage their expertise to create impact through superb learning experiences he works on building designs that deliver impactful results and allow people to scale their business uh, matthew has been recognized as a certified learning professional and a uh, certified online learning facilitator okay so with that welcome matthew to the show hey thank you thanks for that great introduction and welcome uh matt uh, why don't we just start off with where you're actually calling in from oh yeah so brisbane australia brisbane queensland australia so i was going to say sunny sunny queensland but it's raining here today so yeah we're uh <laughs> Getting a bit of a reprieve from the heat at the moment, so mm. and that's that's a good thing. <laughs> um, same here, yeah, same here in Sydney. Uh, we've had a bit of a, a hot spell, and then today, mm. yesterday, it's just been cats and dogs. Uh, let's jump right into it, Matt. So we've met through the KPI or Key Person of Influence of the Dent Community, um, yep. and you know it's a community loaded with experts, right? People who have uh, a ton of knowledge in different disciplines and. Um, I know you're already working with, with some of them to help them develop their uh, online presence or online sort of uh, courses and, and, and whatnot. Mm. Um, so can you just give us a, a bit of background, uh, just, you know, what you see is why are online courses so popular right now? Uh, why have they become so popular in the last five, really in the last five years, I'd say 10 years, you know, in, in a, in a SMB space. Mm. Um, but, Certainly, I mean, I want to hear from you. Like, what's what's driving this, uh, you know, craze? I suppose with online courses and online education. Yeah, look, I think there's a couple of things driving that. One of those is obviously technology and the way that technology has changed so much in in the past five, ten years, and we've got the ability to create so much more uh, interesting and engaging experiences through the technology. You know, if you go back. You know, 10 years ago and you know certainly have a look at a lot of the content was was image based or text based uh, you know and, and certainly when we were developing content back then we'd have to be very mindful of okay how much video do we include and how big is the video because 
we, we would be concerned that people might not have the bandwidth to, to display and watch videos. Now we really don't have that much of an issue with that. Uh, so that's one of the big things with, with that change. And then I suppose bringing that on, on board and, and the fact that people are going, oh, cool, we've got all these tools and great technology to do that. People have realised the value in you know, being able to put their content online and the value of that it allows them to scale. You know, And if you really want to think about how you can scale, then you've got to really take the knowledge that's out of your head, take all of that information that you'd probably constantly would be giving to your clients and probably doing it for every single client and actually putting into a format that is digital that they can consume anytime, anywhere. And I think that's the big, the really big attraction with it is yes, that we can create some content, people can consume that content. I can continue as a as the expert to be providing value. Don't necessarily need to be there in that same spot with that person at the same time delivering that information. So yeah, technology plus the ability to scale and be you know anywhere anytime is probably some of the big things driving that. Yeah, I really hear that, and and, and we can. Uh, I love the the fact that we can produce. Uh, you know, we have this expertise. We can produce something locally, uh, put it online, and reach an audience which you know, which wasn't possible maybe ten or twenty years ago. Um, you, know, you could now you could literally have you know students in the US or in the UK or even in in countries that are developing nations. Um, you know, and provide it. You know, it's relevant for them. That that's fantastic. Now uh, you've spoken about the the some of the the reasons why why there's been this explosion. Now, what comes along with a growth is also a challenge, right? So um, now you've got this proliferation of everyone trying to get into online courses and online education. But as we spoke previously about, um, there's, that presents a ton of problems as well. Um, so what would you say are some of the common challenges uh, that you've seen, seen with the way that people develop courses and, and, and uh, even some of the courses that you've either evaluated or you've tested yourself? Um, mm. What are common mistakes that people make with online learning. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, definitely some challenges. And, and you know, you talk about those opportunities to be able to scale and, and to be able to reach into other pop, uh, other regions, but that works against you as well. You've got other people coming in. And some of the big issues that we see is that we've got people that have gone, hey, I'm going to put together a, a course um, and, and maybe they're just going to whack together a whole heap of videos and, and while video is a really powerful medium, it's not necessarily the only medium. And we see that as probably being one of the big mistakes that people make is that they're not really choosing the right medium for the method that they're delivering. Um, and a lot of people out there that are sort of saying, hey, look, just create a course, put it out there, just video, 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 put it out there, people will pay for it. But are they actually going to get the impact are they actually going to get the value that they really need? And while you know you might get some some dollars in the in the short term of someone actually buying your course, is it going to be a sustainable program that people are really going to be raving about? Possibly not. And that's one of the things. And and certainly we see with that as well. Quite often that uh, you know we talk about this mistake of this kitchen sink syndrome, where people just throw in so much information, whereas if they just focused on a single problem. And we're just very, you know, very ruthless in the information they provided and just provide information just to solve that single problem, then they would have a much smaller, much more concise program and would allow people to really solve that problem 
as opposed to the kitchen sink syndromes that's going, okay, I'm going to teach everyone about sales and marketing or, I'm, you know, and there's so much information and people just get overwhelmed. Um, they don't finish the course because either it's just too big, um, too much for them to do, or, or they just get so overwhelmed that they just go, oh, no, I, I don't understand any of this. So a couple of big things there. Yeah, too much information, um, but also, yeah, just too much of the wrong media. I really like the kitchen sink analogy, uh, and I've been guilty of that myself. Um, yeah, you, you kind of think, oh, there's so much to cover, you know, in, in whatever expertise, especially area that you're in. Uh, and, and the tendency is, uh, you know, more, like more is more value. That's the belief. Uh, and what we find is actually less can become more uh, because if you overwhelm people, then they end up not, like you said, they don't complete the training. They don't actually go mm -hmm. through and, and actually get the takeaways that they're paying for. Uh, and then it just, it, it's not a great experience for, for everyone involved. Um, so, so I love, you know, that whole kitchen sink. I'm just visualizing the kitchen right now yeah. and going, okay, <laughs> let's remove some of those pots and remove some of those things. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Now you, you, you specialize in working with authors, influencers, subject matter experts. Uh, so what, uh, you know, that's one key problem. I can see that. Um, yeah. What, mm -hmm. other, what other kind of challenges have, uh, you know, your clients come to you with around whether it's course design, whether it's, you know, the technology, uh, whether it's even the, the marketing and sales of, of, of the, the product. Um, so what are mm -hmm. some of the things that questions that people come to you with that you help address? Yeah, look, I think one of the big for big things is, and, and it really is a big problem for experts because they've got just, they've got so much knowledge. I mean, I was talking to someone the other day and he's got, oh, yeah, I've got, 30 years of IP of content we've, you know, written and, and developed. And that's one of the big problems is uh, where do I start? And it, they get into this analysis paralysis because they're going, well, okay, do I do this? Do I do that? And you sort of go round and round and round and then in the end nothing actually happens because you just, you just get totally stuck. So that's one of the first things is really thinking about what is it? Um, and it comes back to, yeah, what problem? What is a single problem? And, you know, you might be able to, you might be an expert and you might go, actually, I can solve 10 different problems and that's great. But don't try and put all of those 10 different problems into the one course. You want to focus on one single problem. And by then thinking about that single problem, going, okay, well, what is the outcome that we're going to deliver? So we've got that problem. Then what's the solution? You know, how do we move people from pain to prize? And what does that price look like? And then work backwards from there. So certainly that's one of the big things that we've got there. That also then helps with one of the other problems that you mentioned in terms of the sales and marketing. You know, when we're looking at people and the issue with trying to promote and to, to market a course, often it comes down to this problem of, is it really speaking to the pains that they have? Um, and so definitely having a good understanding of, the users that you're designing for, understanding the pains that they have. Um, and then when you do that, that makes your course creation so much easier, but it also, you know, pretty much writes the copy for you when you're doing your sales and marketing. So it's really some important, important things to think about. The, the Start with the end in mind, but then think about, well, yeah, what are the problems that people are having and, and really understand the, the persona of your user as part of that process. Sorry, I've lost you there. And you've gone very quiet. Yeah, I was going to say, Matt. Um, yeah, I, I really like what you said there about just designing for the user. 
Um, and so when we're thinking about course design, how soon should we really be inviting or uh, engaging with users or prospective students to actually help in the development of the course material? Well, it, it should be something that you are doing as early as possible once, you know. Um, you know, you really need to be talking to your to your audience and really understanding who who you're targeting for and understanding who, what the problems are. Because again, as I said, you're an expert and you go, okay, well, I can solve 10 different problems. But what is that, what's that big burning problem we've got right now? Um, and, and, you know, as, as soon as possible, go and talk to the audience, go and do market research, go and see what's happening in, in Facebook groups and other, other communities and really understand what are the big problems that people are having because you might go, okay, I've, I've got all these problems in my head or I've, all these solutions in my head, but you really need to talk to people as soon as possible, talk to your, to your target market, talk to your clients as soon as possible to understand is this really a problem that they have um, and is this really a problem they want to solve? And if it is, is it one that they've also got the, the, the um, ability to, to, to fund or to pay for you to solve that problem. A hundred percent. And then I think that, yeah, that's just smart business <laughs> um, uh, and, and really strategically thinking about, yeah, not just what's the course going to look like, but also how do you actually sell and, and as you say, promote the, the course as well. Uh, now your yeah. website um, is, uh, I've got it on the screen here, it's edupreneur.academy. Um, and then from there, I'm going to share some other resources as well that you shared with us. Mm -hmm. um, now, can you just, for those who don't understand it, what is an edupreneur? So entrepreneur, it's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a wank term, um, you know, in terms of things. But effectively what it is, if you think about an entrepreneur, and an entrepreneur generally in, in the true definition of it is someone who's out there that's making money through their business, um, but also you know, having an element of, of social impact as part of that. And so an entrepreneur is really taking that entrepreneur, but they're doing it with um, an educational product. So they're putting a course out there, they're putting online programs out there, they're putting training programs out there, and that is effectively their vehicle for generating income and also their vehicle for creating that impact that they want to see in the world. So the service is really around education. Um, and yeah, so sort of bringing the two together, the education and, and entrepreneur, um, and coming up with the term of entrepreneur. Love it. Okay. And then you've also got a discover your entrepreneur scorecard. Um, so you can go and discover a score. Can you just take us through? I mean, what we go, uh, some kind of online assessment and then what yep. does the score actually inform you? Uh, what does that mean to the person doing the, doing the assessment? Yeah. So basically what we've done through our, our own research and, and information that we've seen over a number of years is we've put together what we call our blue ocean formula which maps out the, the six key things that we think for, for you to be a successful entrepreneur. These are the six key things you really need to have in place, um, you know, including having you know, a good strategy, having client clarity, having a signature solution, having a, an ecosystem of experiences, having the technology and tools and having a selling system. And really having those six things in place means that you're going to be able to be a successful entrepreneur and live in what we call the, the the blue ocean where you're free of the, the competition and and living the lifestyle that you desire and so the scorecard that we've developed really maps out and, and asks you questions um, around each of those six key areas 
and it will then give you a score at the end of it to say, okay, well, these are the areas where you're strong or these are the areas where potentially you might need some help or some development. And there's a report that you get afterwards as well that explains a little bit more about each of those areas. Um, so you can take it away and look at, okay, how can I develop myself further in those areas that I need to? All right, I'm just putting up the scorecard on screen for everyone to see that uh, anyone who's watching this either live or on the replay. Um, so to discover your entrepreneur score, uh, and then you talked about, you kind of went over there quite quickly. So I'd like to bring you back to those six different elements that you, you, you talked about mm -hmm. in the Blue Ocean formula. Yeah. Um, yep. So do you mind just wait, taking us through each one of those and, and, and um, giving us a, a bit of a definition and how that all fits into into um, the score or how, how the rating yeah. works? Yeah. 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 So, so first of all, the first big thing is that solid strategy. And that's really a, a key thing about really understanding why, why am I looking at moving, you know, leveraging my expertise through digital learning products? What is it that I want to try and do? And understanding, you know, having an understanding of that, because it's, you know, one of the other mistakes we often see that people do is they go, okay, well, I'm going to build an online course. And, and the first thing they do is they go and grab the platform. Whereas that might not necessarily work or they grab the wrong platform for what they actually want to try and achieve. So it's really important to have that solid strategy to have a clear understanding of why I'm doing it um, and, and what is that going to look like. Uh, and then we move into the client clarity, which we touched on before. And that's really about understanding the persona of the users that we're developing for. So really being clear on who they are so that when we actually are creating content, we're creating content that's ruthlessly relevant for them. Creating content that is being delivered in a way that they want. You know, um, we can go and create a course and go, hey, I'm going to put together a, a Facebook community as part of that course. But if your clients aren't on Facebook or you know, maybe you're going to go and do some other tool or technology, but yet they've got, you know, they're technically challenged, well, it's going to fail. So it's really important to have that idea around that, that client clarity. Then the next piece is then having the signature solution. And when you look at you look at these, you know, some of the entrepreneurs out there, you know, you look at, uh, you know, Daniel Priestley, Glenn Carlson, they've got the KPI method. They've got a signature solution. They talk about the five Ps. You know, you've got the seven habits of highly effective people. You've got, you know, a whole range of other signature solutions that are out there. So rather than just going, oh, I'm a leadership coach or I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sales and marketing expert, if we can actually help you to create a signature solution in the first place, that then you go, okay, I am the, you know, the, the, the developer of the XYZ method or on the, you know, that then A, elevates you and sort of goes, okay, well, this person is an expert because they've spent so much time, they've actually developed a model. But then by creating that model as well and creating that signature solution, it then really makes everything else quite streamlined because you've got your model and basically everything else falls out from that because everything that you're doing around your courses and things like that is focused on and running off that model. Then, we've, uh, then we're looking at the stuff around the, the experience ecosystem. And that is very much around looking at, well, what, what are those experiences that we're creating? Because, you know, you might want to create a high ticket course, but then you might want to actually have something else there, a low ticket offer or ebook or, or, a, or a, you know, an actual physical book that you've written um, 
could be a coaching program, just an online course, you know, think about what of all those other um, experiences that you want to be able to create and have this ecosystem of experiences. And then the last two is very much then about, okay, having a system. What's the system that we're going to get out there to market and sell this program? And then what are the tools and technologies that we need in place to host that learning course, host the course, the tools we need if we're going to go virtually with a virtual group approaching program, you know, what are the tools that we need for landing pages, um, for, for CRM, all those sorts of things. So they're the, the, the sort of the, the six key pieces of what we call our, our Blue Ocean formula. Yeah, I, this is fantastic. And you've just demonstrated what a signature solution looks like. Um, you know, we're having sort of six different steps there. Uh, so I'm just going to recap for those who are listening on, on the podcast here. So we start off with a solid strategy. We then have a client uh, clarity. Uh, that's where we understand our personas that we we're dealing with, um, who we're designing for. We have a signature solution, which is how you package your intellectual property. Uh, and I like to think of it as... Um, demonstrating that you have a repeatable process uh, or a methodology that, you know, that because uh, yeah. one of the common questions you're going to get as an expert is going to be, well, you know, have you got a system that works time and time and again? Um, and, and if when you say, yes, here is my, you know, Blue Ocean formula, for example, uh, that's Matt's, then that really is a really great way to do it. And then you move on to uh, the experience ecosystem. And this is really um, thinking more beyond just the one solution to one problem and looking at, well, what are the other pieces that come before they get to your course or your program and what happens afterwards, um, you know, when they complete and graduate or, or whatever it may be. And there's a ton of opportunity to develop, you know, maybe you have a second course or a third course. So you may maybe have a, you know, we're going to talk about cohort in a moment and um, maybe that fits in the picture somewhere. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. Then you've got your, your selling system. Um, which is how do you actually attract the people who, who are problem aware and how do you engage them? And then you've got your technology and tools, which is, of course, and I think that's where a lot of people get caught up at the beginning. It's going to be, well, what platform am I going to host the solution on or the course on? Uh, and they, they get stuck. They kind of go there. And then, you know, if you get in the world of technology, you have literally hundreds, if not you know, thousands of different platforms you could, you could use. Um, but really, you know, you've got all these you know, 25 years of expertise sitting in your brain that you that's probably mm. more valuable than what platform you're going to use at the end of the day. Oh, def definitely, definitely is. And, and there's a great quote that I love and it's, um, you know, if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Uh, and we see this quite often where people go and the first thing they do is they pick up the technology. They grab the tool to start with and then what they craft is dependent on the tool which is 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 not the right way you know you really need to be thinking about what is what is it i want to create first of all you know go and create that design go and you know map out what that experience or experiences is going to are going to be then you go and you, then you go and grab the tools that you need to create that uh, yeah fantastic matt so if you're listening to this right now or you're watching it and you're already going down that path of wanting to create or launch your, your next course uh definitely recommend you jump over to the uh, edupreneur scorecard and uh, the link is on is www.edupreneurscore.com forward slash edupreneur we'll link to that in the show notes um and make sure you go and complete that scorecard it's free uh you'll then you know have an assessment on where you are at in that process you know from an expert um, which is Matt and his team. And then, you know, from there, you can then go on and develop your course or program, or you can engage Matt and his team and, and go through um, their programs uh, and, and, and specific um, uh, value-based, um, you know, programs that are available there, which we'll get into in a moment. So, uh, Matt, now, 
just like I'm just loving the framework, and so I'm a frameworks like crazy person, just like you are. Um, yeah. Now let's talk about the different types of programs that people can sell or, or can consider developing, right? So we've kind of heard of high ticket, low ticket. These are some common, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, let me just take this off the screen first. Um, okay. Yeah. So yeah, we've got what is high ticket, what's low ticket, uh, and which is better. Yeah, I mean, look, I suppose high ticket is effectively, you know, one of any of those courses that you're probably selling for, for sort of 1500 and, and upwards. Um, and, and yes, you know, when you go and look at the idea of, okay, what's better? Do I, you know, do I sell a $50 low ticket course or do I sell a $5,000 high ticket course? Um, well, then a high ticket course is probably better because you don't have to sell as many to, to generate the income that you need. But it's probably a little bit harder to sell the high ticket course and to go straight from, from zero to, to, to high ticket can be a bit problematic. So you probably need to look at having a low ticket offer in there as a way for people to you know, get to know, like, and trust you. It's, it's one of the good ways of doing that. So creating potentially, you know, a mini course or creating an ebook, um, you know, creating something that is able to, that people are able to consume. And we see in, you know, when you look at sales and marketing, we've got this sales funnel. And certainly we look at the same thing as well when we're looking at the course creation type situation and thinking about, okay, what is that interest product that I can create as part of this ecosystem of experiences? And that is, yeah, is it a mini course? Is it a, an ebook? It could just be, uh, you know, an email sequence that someone signs up for and they just get a daily email going out to them. Um, it could be, you know, a, a five or seven day challenge. There's a whole range of different options there. But basically the idea behind it is really we want to generate some interest. We want to generate interest in the problem that people have and the solution that we can provide, but also generate some interest in the brand of, of the company that, that's selling the courses. Uh, you know, then you can look at yeah, going into, into those uh, information style products. And that's obviously where you're providing information. Um, and then the high ticket products are very much where then we're looking at providing implementation. We're actually giving value and actually helping people to solve the problems. Um, and obviously, as we move through that or down that funnel, the cost becomes higher, but also the time investment by the expert themselves also becomes much higher. You know, in, a, in an interest course or an information course, it's probably running 24-7. They can consume at any time. But certainly if we're looking at a high ticket course, something that's providing implementation or integration, we probably do need the, the expert there on a, on a Zoom call or in a face-to-face -face workshop or a masterclass providing uh, their expertise to help with the transformation, even though they've already given a lot of that information through the digital assets. I really like, yeah, that's a really good distinction between sort of the, the high ticket, low ticket. There's a place for both. Um, and then if you think about, you, you know, you talked about ecosystems previously, uh, you know, you can have those feeding into each other. Um, you know, as we see that, I, I guess if we look at university courses and, you know, when I used to back in my, back in my uni days, we had our prerequisite <laughs> courses and then we had our, yep. you know, full scale, here's the, 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 you know, one semester or two semester program. Um, and if you hadn't done a prerequisite, then you couldn't really go into the next one because you didn't have the foundational knowledge. And that's how mm. I kind of see the mini course. Uh, and you've got your own mini course, um, which I'm going to bring up on a screen here, uh, which is the Blue Ocean mini course. Um, and can you 
give our audience a bit of an understanding of what this course is, is about and what they can get from completing this, this mini course. Yeah, yeah. So this is basically just our free our free mini course, which talks about our Blue Ocean formula, which we touched on when we talked about the Entrepreneur Scorecard. And it's it's just a number of videos of me just providing some information around each of those elements, a little bit more information about each of those elements where we talk about yeah, the solid strategy, about client clarity, and getting people to start to think about those things. So yeah, it's very much that that interest um, interest based course um, where we, we go through and get people to start to, to think, okay, where am I at? What do I need to do? What can I do as part of that process? Um, yeah, so that's the that's our that's one of our many courses that we've got. I love it. And there's a couple of things I observed from looking at that particular landing page. Uh, one is you know, you haven't gated the content. So you actually you've, you've left the information or the videos for anyone to click play and they can watch through the entire each one of those lessons. Uh, and then you, you end up with a, OK, we're giving you some value straight up front here. And then, you know, if you if, if you like what you're hearing and you want to learn more, you can book a, few, a free 45 minute chat with Matthew. Um, that's kind of the call to action at the bottom. Uh, I like that that structure, and I think it's you know there's a common debate in the B two B world, which is you know should you get your content, should you lock it behind a, you know a subscription form, uh, these sort of things. And, and I think we're at you know where we are right now in 2022. Uh, there's, a, there's an argument just to go for ungated, um, and certainly there's a, there's a place and a time for gated content, but but you know I think if it's the first contact they've had with your brand um what you've done is really nice here um, matt and i also think you could probably do a second version of this where you'd had instead of book a 45 minute call it's go and complete our um assessment or the scorecard um and mm. maybe that or maybe offer both on the bottom and, and, they, and let them choose their, their their destination i suppose um yeah, choose your own yeah. adventure yeah no that's a great that's a great idea yeah and that and, and what you're saying about you know that gated or ungated information it's really a case of coming back to the, the solid strategy and understanding, well, what's the purpose? And for us, this is really about, about providing some information, about generating some interest um, in our brand, um, you know, in myself, get people to, 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 to know me a little bit more, um, to know a little bit more about superb learning and what our formula is. And that's the, you know, that's what we're doing, providing value as part of that process. Uh, certainly, you know, by by wrapping it up behind, behind passwords or, or, you know, gated, type stuff that you talked about can certainly impact on people getting access to that information, um, which is obviously then going to work against that strategy of trying to provide value. You're listening to Authentic Influence. Learn the tips, strategies, and practices for taking your influence to the next level. Now, back to the show. One thousand percent. Okay, so I've just put the link on the screen for people who are watching this replay um, to, to actually go and access that course. We'll have, obviously put that in the show notes as well. Uh, uh, but um, definitely another great resource that Matt's put out there for you to check out. Uh, we're going to flip over to. We're going to continue the conversation around the types of courses we just talked about: low and high. Uh, and now, what's a cohort-based course, and why are we hearing more about these in recent times? Yeah, look, I mean, cohort-based courses. And this is one of the things that we do really well in in learning and development or, and and education is that quite often we'll come up with with an old concept and give it a new name and everyone goes wow that's cool um, 
you know, gamification was one that came around, you know, a number of years ago where people were going, oh, we've got to gamify everything and it's all this latest thing. But yet I remember when I was in school and, you know, I finished reading, I'd get a little gold star, which was gamification. And cohort-based <laughs> courses is very much the, the same thing. It's it's something old wrapped in, and wrapped in a new shell, but effectively what it is, is it's just bringing everyone together and having everyone start and move to move through a program at the same time as part of a group and the benefits of doing that and probably you know you mentioned before about university and universities quite often you know do this cohort based courses bring everyone together and it's like okay we're going to run through this program over 6 to 12 weeks but the benefit of is of it is that it allows for that social learning and and you know if you think about we are social creatures and we learn from each other and with each other and buying able to, to, to add that social element into it, which is one of the big things of that cohort based course, it helps with helps with people moving through the course. It helps with the engagement, helps with the with the retention and the completion because people get to learn from each other. You know, it's one of the things that um, we've seen quite a lot that people used to love face to face courses before this first before this COVID came along. Um, and one of the big things they loved about it was because they got to be social. They got to meet with people and they got to talk. And often in a lot of the a lot of our courses that we that we see now that are self-paced and I'm sitting there on my own, I'm not able to be social. Even in some of the virtual sessions, I can see a lot of other people, but I don't really get to communicate with them. Whereas a cohort-based course is really bringing together and really emphasizing that social element of it. Also bringing in elements of accountability. We're seeing different reports, different research that you look at, you know, saying that the completion rates for courses is as low as 4%. I've seen others that are sort of saying 11%, 15%. But even if it was 15%, that's still pretty terrible. You know, To have only 15% of your people complete a course is not really gonna be providing the impact that you want. And a cohort-based course allows you to, to really bring in that accountability. And we're certainly seeing for, for those courses that are driven in that way, much higher completion rates, uh, you know, with of, of rates of, of 70, 75, 80% completion rates because people are much more engaged because they're part of a community. There's a social element. They're learning from and with each other. They're, they're having interactions with their their facilitator, their trainer, the expert, but then there's also that level of accountability. So bringing these cohort-based courses together is a really good way of really making sure that everyone gets the impact that they need and that people are completing and we're getting some great results as, as part of that. I agree with you 100%. Like, what's the point of putting all this time and energy into developing something um, which you know, you know, is going to make an impact somewhere, but because uh, you know the, the the participants are not feeling maybe they're doing it DIY and they're doing it from home, and the kids are coming, you know, knocking on the door every five minutes so that they get distracted, uh, or other things come up, and and they just you know, say, "I'll come back to it," and it never happens. Um, you know, and and it's just having a cohort. Um, can bring in that additional accountability that they need. It can bring in that additional. For some people, it's just like I want to be about what I like about being at uni is I could walk up to my my lecturer or my you know tutor and say, "Hey, I've got this question. Can you help me solve it?" Um, yep. And and for whatever reason, we're not 
we don't feel as comfortable doing that when we're doing courses online or at home. Um, it's just we don't feel there's something missing in, in that engagement um, that you can get when you're in a cohort. And even if you're in a cohort, you can ask your buddy, you know, sitting next to you who's doing the course with you um, if you can't ask the instructor, right? So there's, there's I think there's that, those elements that, that we can't uh, avoid, right? Like that, that's something that, that we've got to take into account. Um, yeah. And, and yeah. Any thoughts or anything you want to add to that? Matt? Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's the big thing, isn't it? It's that it's like okay, I've still got a problem. Um, I don't know how to address it. Okay, and you've got this network of people to to help you with that. Um, or, and again, you know, we learn in different ways. Uh, you know, some people might hear something and then they need to go away and think about it for for a bit, but. Other people might want to talk about it with their, with their community and their friends. Um, and the cohort-based course really gives them that opportunity to do that. Um, but also as well, yeah, that be just people having to go through a program on their own without the accountability, then it's a bit like, you know, setting news resolutions and they never really happen. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a whole lot of research, again, around goal setting and, and the benefits of, of setting goals and, and having account of being accountable or having some accountability there with that. Um, and, yeah, we don't we just don't complete it. The amount of courses that people sign up for with the greatest of intentions um, that don't actually complete, and one of the reasons for that is because, yes, they, they get distracted, they're not held accountable, um, and, and, yeah, other things take take over and it just falls away so yeah yeah uh let's let's we're gonna wrap up soon i just wanted to i mean you've, you've shared a lot of great information here and then insights into sort of where we should start thinking about courses uh now what would you say would be so someone's listening to this or watching this matt and they're saying okay look lo love the the whole concept i love the six different steps that you've laid out here um what is the first i guess step from here um, if, if someone's wanting to leverage their expertise uh, with online courses, uh, what would you say, you know, where, where would, what would be the first thing they'd do or walk away with from here? Yeah, well, I think just going back to our Blue Ocean formula, and the first thing is working out why do you want to do that, okay? Now, yeah, just talking, to, talking to someone the other day, they're moving towards retirement, they've got a whole lot of knowledge and IP, and they want to put together a program that people can consume, that they still have, that, that they're still providing value. But they don't, because they're moving into environment, they don't want to be running a masterclass or cohort-based courses. Uh, and, and effectively what they'll be putting together would be a whole heap of, um, you know, information-based courses that people can consume and get, get the knowledge. And that's fine. That's great. You know, someone else might go, hey, I want to create a course um, because I want to be part of a masterclass or I want to create a cohort-based course and I want to really be involved and I want to really drive impact. Um, so it's, it comes back to getting that strategy right first because they're going to be two separate, two different beasts in a way. What you're creating and how you create them are going to be quite different. So understanding why you want to do that. Uh, and then coming back to that client clarity, coming back to understanding what is the problem that you're solving. And also thinking about, uh, you know, we talk about, when we're building a course, thinking about is it a painkiller or a vitamin course? You know, is it a course that um, is really going to be solving a pain for people right now, or is it more of a, a nice to have type course? Um, you know, someone might go, oh, yeah, I'd love to learn about, you know, I'd love to learn how to crochet. 
I don't really need to know how to, how to do knitting or how to crochet or anything like that, but it's something I'd like to do. And so that would be a vitamin course that would, you know, people might go and consume. But then think about, okay, well, is it, a, is, or is it more of a painkiller course that's really solving a problem? So that'd be the first thing is really understanding why you're doing it. You know, there's no point moving down the path if there's no passion there for it. Um, and, and if you're not doing it in the right way, then it's all going to fall apart. And then understanding clients is part of that piece. Yeah, there's really nothing uh, as powerful as, I mean, you, you have an idea or ideas that you might brainstorm for potential courses that you could create based on what you know and what you've learned and your expertise. Um, but then to really validate, hey, someone going to you know, actually want this thing, uh, we're gonna, you know, we'll circle back to what we talked about earlier, Matt, is, you know, go and approach 10 people or even five people that you know that who might be interested in that particular thing you want to develop and say, hey, would you buy this? Would you, is this a problem yeah. that you want solved? Um, you know, and, and uh, I've seen some people put a, a quick landing page or even just a Google form or something simple where, hey, Pay, you know, put your put your deposit down or sign up for a, you know a waiting list um, and express your interest. Um, you know, because if you're not getting that feedback, it's gonna. I've I've made the mistake before, Matt, where I've sat down over like 24 hours with, with a, uh, my old co-founder. We punched out this course. Um, you know, 10 or 12 more videos were recorded overnight mm -hmm. and struggled to sell it. Uh, yep. just, we thought it was great being, you know, we had the expertise, but the people who we, we thought would want it, <laughs> the feedback was very different. They just said, you know what, it's just too technical, not what we want, uh, but what we really want is this thing. Um, and that's, you know, we wish we'd have gone, we had gone the other way. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And it, it is, it's very much, yeah, understand the, understand the users. Is it a problem? Um, but also, is it a problem they're going to afford? I saw, you know, a, an example of someone who wanted to put together a course that was going to help um, unemployed people, um, going to help them with writing resumes and help them with interview skills to help them to get a job. Um, really great, you know, huge impact that's going to provide if it was to, you know, if those people were able to, you know, get out of that unemployment status and, you know, get some, you know, get a job and, and have some, some, you know, some, uh, you know, feel good about all of that. The issue was that the price that they were going to package that course at wasn't wasn't going to be something that those the people that needed it were able to go, going to be able to afford. So that's the other piece is not just a case of is it a problem that can be solved, but is it a problem that people are willing to or able to um, afford or pay for as part of your you know as part of what you're offering. Great, great things to think about. Uh, we're going to wrap up with before we i've got a couple of final questions for you but i want to bring to the screen right now uh you've got your own cohort um based trainings uh available and one of those is the signature solution accelerator um yep which is uh, on the on edupreneur.academy uh again we'll link to all of these resources so don't worry about the links mm -hmm. too much but um take, take us through what this particular cohort based course is about and, and, and what people can expect to uh, get out of, of, of complete going through that with you. Yeah, so this is a this is a 12 week program that we've put together, but really takes you through all of the things that we've just been talking about as part of our Blue Ocean formula, taking you through, um, you know, a, understanding what is the strategy, why you're doing it, helping you build, you know, nail your niche, get some understanding around the, the clients that you're doing. We then take you through a process um, where we're using uh, a model, the Think Wrap system, developed by, by a, a friend of ours, 
uh, Renee Hasseldine developed the Think Wrap system. And that part of that is we then helped you to create these visual models, which really form the foundation of your signature solution. And from that, we go through, map out that ecosystem of experiences, um, and, and then look at, okay, well, what does that look like? What are those ecosystems? Design the detail around that. Um, you know, and, and part, as you can see there, we go through, go through that steps of, of you know, generating the desire, um, you know, where we go and look and can we launch some sort of minimal viable product, as you talked about before, putting a landing page up there, getting people to actually put their hand up and say, yes, I'm interested in this, which gives us that idea of going, okay, we're now going to move forward. Now we're going to start to look at crowding the assets. You know, that's one of the things probably takes the most time building the assets, whether that be recording the videos, creating presentations, creating, uh, you know, interactive e-learning objects, uh, whatever it might be, that's where all the time and, and effort comes in. And certainly we help people to do that. We can show them some of the tools and templates that we've used for building that as we go through. But certainly you want to get people to put their hand up first and say, yes, this is what I'm interested in. Then we take you through, help you to set up some of the systems, um, and then, yeah, help you go through and, and basically deploy and deliver. Um, we've got some stuff there after that delivery piece as well to, to, to then look at, okay, how do you actually do a bit of debrief as part of that piece as well once you've actually deployed it for the first time. Go and do a debrief and find out what are the results, what needs tweaking because it's not just a case of building a course and going, yeah, I've built the course, there you go, let it run. It's this constant reiteration you know constantly looking at the course and going right what can i make better um and, and, and there's a image you can image you can google if you go and google the simpsons cartoon from when they were first developed to to now and there's a there's an image you can find on google that has the two the two fam the simpsons family when they first came on screen to where they are now and you just look at the differences in the drawing of them chalk and cheese completely different and effectively your course should be the same after you've developed it and you know you have a look at your course three years or five years down the track it should be a completely different course because once you've done that deploy and you've done that debrief your clients are then telling you your students are telling you okay right i need more information about this or this or i can improve this asset or i can you know the whole lot of different things and so you're continually tweaking it so it's not just a case of build it, um, they'll come and, and we're just going to let them consume it. You want to keep building it, keep changing it, improving it. Absolutely. And courses are like books or, or like any other assets that they develop and you evolve them over time. Um, obviously, you know, in your industry, whatever you're an expert in, uh, things will change, right? So, so you've got to keep yeah. it relevant um, and that's, it makes that's sense. It, yeah. yeah. But a book, I mean, a course is much easier to update than a book. Hundred <laughs> <You know? laughs> percent. So, yeah. All right. So if you're interested in the accelerator, uh, again, we'll link to all of these in, in our show notes. You can contact, hit up Matt, and uh, jump on a call with him and have a chat. See if it's right for you. There are three different options um, on, on how to go about uh, the signature solution packages, um, and, and I'll leave it to, to Matt to explain all of that to you. Uh, Matt, I just really, you know, when we first had a chat, um, just resonated with the, your approach, you know, what you're teaching, um, and, and our listeners can hear. I have already heard just, just so much um, great gold here around what you need to really think about and consider when you're developing a course that's going to be successful. 
right? It's one thing to just go out there and launch a course tomorrow, um, but to have the impact that you want, to have the revenue that you're looking for, to have the, you know, all those those good things. I mean, have the, the, the students go away and say, hey, we've done this course with, with, with this expert and we, we're recommending it because it was such a fantastic experience. Uh, that itself, you know, you know you've got something great when that's happening, right? Um, and oh, and def that, Definitely, yeah. Def yeah, and that's the thing. It's, it's, you know, if you think about most people, that are out there, um, you know, and so many, so many of the experts. We talked about, you know, the KPI community, for example, full of experts and full of so many people that are out there and just wanting to help other people. Um, and that's the thing. And you, you, you want to help people. You want to help people improve. You want to help people have impact in their lives. Um, and and a course is a great way of doing it. But yes, it needs to be one that is going to be impactful, not just you know, something that people are going to go and, and not actually get results from. So definitely thinking about what is the impact you're going to provide and to think about, yes, all those stories later on of people saying, yes, I did this course, I did this program, uh, you know, masterclass, whatever it might have been, and now this is where I'm at and this is the, the success I've had as a result of it. A thousand, thousand percent. And, you know, I'd be remiss to not mention the power of case studies when you're dealing with online courses. And we just talked to Matt, just really just said, you know, in his words, but uh, when you have those case studies of successful students or graduates going through your, your course or your program, uh, that really is a healthy um, and a powerful way to sell more of, of that, that, um, that course. Okay, so. Um, oh, definitely, definitely, yes. Yeah. All right, so uh, I'm going to say, look, We've got two final questions for you. Um, but, uh, the first one is, is there a, a particular book, podcast, or resource that you say that you would say is essential for um, learning more? For anyone who, who's wanting to get into this, into this world of becoming an entrepreneur, um, what's been a, you know, a resource that, that you would recommend uh, that they go check out? Oh, yeah, look, there's, there's a whole range of different ones. Um, but certainly, um, one, there's a great podcast, um, Put together um, uh, Jeremy Deegan in, in the US called the Online Course Igniter podcast. He's got a whole range of great people on there that talk about a whole range of things. That's a great podcast to get into. Um, but I would also look, then there's also um, uh, some, some great books. There was a, a book put out um, uh, by the name of um, Julie Dirksen that was around, um, you know, design for how people learn, which was a book put together for, for, for learning designers, but still something that anyone that's building a course should be looking at um, and really understanding this, the concept of, you know, how the brain works and how we should be designing to actually engage with people. Um, and that's a, that's a great book. And there's a number of other really good books in that, in that space. Um, if you're, if you're looking at moving into that, you know, creating content that you want to actually create impact and have results. Fantastic. Okay. And final question for you. Um, we're very big on mental health and making sure you look after yourself as you're going through this journey as an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur. So what's one thing that you like to do, Matt, for your own mental health and well-being? For, for me, it's um, it's getting out on the water. I, I like um, kayaking or, or I've got my, my ski. But certainly, yeah, that's one of the things I like doing. Get out um, in the morning if I can, if I wake up in time, jump on the, take the ski down the, down the creek, down the river. Um, and just go for a paddle up the, you know, up the creek for a while. Um, that for me is a, is a good way. Just switch off, just focusing on on my technique, focusing on you know trying to, you know, 
get up the up the creek and back as quickly as I can and, and you know it helps to build some strength and fitness as well but that to me is a big thing for me is that that just complete sort of yeah switch off from from everything else that I'm thinking about love it nothing like being present on the water uh, and uh, if you're not you know you could fall off and probably you know, hurt yourself so that's a good thing well, that, well that's the other thing is yeah, that's the big thing as well yeah you've got to be focused because um like my ski is not so bad but my daughter's in a in a, in a very thin and small tippy k1 um right. you know we're not talking the sort of wide plastic kayaks she's in something that's probably about 40 42 centimeters wide um yeah you've got to, you've got to be pretty present if you if you if you switch off or anything yeah, chances are that you're, you're sort of doing a biathlon at sort of a, a bit of a swim as well as a paddle. So, yeah. <laughs> That's my nightmare right there, mate. Uh, fantastic. <laughs> really, it's been a great experience having you on the, the show today. Um, and for everyone listening, you know, thanks for joining us. Uh, again, if you want to connect with Matt, I'd say uh, what would be uh, the first step? Would you say go to the scorecard or, or the mini course or, or what? Yeah, look, yeah. yeah, probably jump on. Jump onto the scorecard. Have a look at that. Um, but I think in the scorecard, once you do the scorecard, there's a report probably also link you back to some of the stuff that we've got in the, in the mini course. But that certainly gives you a great indication there to see, OK, well, where are the areas that I'm, that, that I'm strong and where are the areas that I do need some development? Um, and then once you've done that, then you can go, OK, right, well, this is my, these are the areas of development that I need to focus on. And then you can start to look at, well, where do I get that? Whether you want to yeah, come and talk to me. Uh, we can certainly look at how we can help you or, or other, you know, there's other courses out there, other programs. Um, but certainly that would be one of the first places to go. Do the scorecard, see how you see how you measure up. Um, and, and yeah, help, it, it's also hopefully going to get you start thinking about a few things as well as we go through and ask you some of those questions as part of the scorecard. Fantastic. All right. So the, the URL there is uh, edupreneurscore.com forward slash edupreneur. We'll link to that in the show notes. Uh, and I definitely recommend you go and check that out. Uh, complete the scorecard, get an assessment, understand where you're at. The best place to start is to know where you're at right now uh, and then where your gaps are. And then Matt and his team can help you uh, fill some of those gaps. Thanks again, Matt, for joining us today. And uh, uh, we'll uh, check in with you real soon. Yep. No, great. Look, thank you very much for having me on. It's been great. Um, and look forward to uh, to uh, catching some of more some of the other uh, upcoming uh, experts. You know, I saw that you've uh, I think Taiki Moore is coming up, which is going to be That's a great right. one to to look into. Um, so yeah, I'll be I'll be really keen to type to to listen into what he's got to say there. But yeah, certainly some other great experts. So really looking forward to um to, to yeah yeah show. It's great. Brilliant. Okay, thanks, Matt, and thanks everyone else for listening, and we'll see you real soon. Now, just quickly, if you want to check out the show notes for this episode, just head over to simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash podcast, uh, and you can grab all the links and things and resources on there. And also, if you are a conscious entrepreneur, got a professional services business, working B2B, uh, and you've got an interest in building influence and income through showing up, serving others, and being real, then I invite you to join my Authentic Influence Warriors Facebook group. Uh, if you want to do that, just head over to simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash community. Okay, thanks for joining in, and I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Authentic Influence podcast at AuthenticInfluence.co. 